Hello, everyone. I'm Jerry Savelle. Thank you for watching our broadcast today. We welcome you, and we trust that as you watch and as you listen, faith is going to arise in your heart. You know, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So I want to encourage you to just sit back and relax and just get ready to receive from God's Word and then expect your faith to go to a higher level today. We're going to be talking about the spirit of seeing and knowing. You say, well, what is that about, Brother Jerry? Well, it's about the gifts of the Spirit. This is what Kenneth Hagin used to refer to when he talked about the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of knowledge. And Brother Hagin said in one of his last Holy Ghost meetings before he went home to be with the Lord, he said, in the last days, the spirit of seeing and knowing is going to be more and more prevalent, that it's going to be in manifestation in a greater way. Back in 1991, in the Believers Convention here in Fort Worth, Texas, Brother Copeland uh, prophesied over me and he said, God has caused you to enter into a new dimension of ministry this very night. You're going to become a seer into the spirit realm. God's going to reveal to you things to come and hold you responsible for sharing them with the body of Christ everywhere he might send you. Now, I talked about that in a recent uh, service in our church here at Heritage of Faith Christian Center. And I'm going to take you into that meeting so you can learn some things about the spirit of seeing and knowing. This is very important, so watch and listen very closely. Let me begin by sharing with you a few things about Kenneth Hagin. I'm finding now that uh, a lot of people where I preach all over the world, they don't know who Kenneth Hagin was. A lot of people are new. How many of you are familiar with the ministry of Kenneth Hagin? Okay, how many of you actually sit in a meeting where he preached and received from him? And I'm not talking about you've listened to uh, a, a CD recently or something, or but you were actually in a meeting where Kenneth Hagin spoke. Okay, Kenneth Hagin was one of my mentors, along with Kenneth Copeland, Oral Roberts, and T.L. Osborne. I'm also finding that a lot of people where I go now have never even heard of Oral Roberts. That's shocking to me, because Oral Roberts was one of the premier healing evangelists of the 20th century. I heard the call of God watching Oral Roberts on television when I was a young boy, 11 years old, 1957, in my grandmother's home in Oklahoma City. But I never told anybody because, as you've heard me say in the past, uh, that's not what I wanted to do. My plans were not to preach. My plans were to race automobiles. I was going to restore classic cars build hot rods and race automobiles just like my daddy did. I grew up on racetracks. And uh, God was fouling up my plans. <laughs> so as an 11-year-old boy, I never told anybody about it because I thought if I, ever, if I ever voice this, if I ever tell anybody about this experience, then I'll have to do it. But if I don't tell anybody, God will realize he made a mistake and he'll find somebody that really wants to do that. So I never told a soul, not my parents, not anybody. And, uh, you know, we, we grew up in a little Baptist church down at the end of our road. We, we lived in the country, and it's a little Baptist church down at the end of our road. And I grew up in that little church. And uh, uh, I've always believed in Jesus, 
I've always believed what the preacher said, that he, 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 he was born, he, he, he had this awesome ministry, he died, he was raised from the dead. I believed he was coming back. But you can believe all that and never make him the Lord of your life. Yeah, you know? And at that point, even though I'd had experiences as a young boy uh, with the Lord, uh, you know, it, it didn't last because I didn't pursue it. And, uh, but it wasn't that I was born a heathen. Well, I was born a heathen just like you were. But I had experiences with God. And it wasn't that God was foreign to me, but I just didn't want to, I didn't want to preach. I didn't want to live my life that way. And uh, so anyway, it wasn't until 1969 after Carolyn and I had been married for three years and I was doing exactly what I dreamed of doing. I owned my own automotive business. I was restoring classic cars. I was building hot rods with my dad, hauling them all over the southern part of the United States. And Carolyn's praying and knowing that that's not what I was supposed to do. And uh, uh, I'd never told her about that experience that I had watching Oral Roberts. I was not about to tell her about that because that would have been leverage, you know. <laughs> and she, she would have brought up to me... A, Frequently, yeah, but you remember at 11 years old that experience you had? I didn't want her to know about that. But finally, when Kenneth Copeland came in 1969, I couldn't run anymore. And then he introduced me to the ministry of Kenneth Hagin. He said that he learned a lot about faith from Kenneth Hagin. He had worked with Oral Roberts, he was co pilot on Oral Roberts' airplane. So this was all coming together. It's amazing to me how God can orchestrate a life. You know, it, it wasn't a coincidence that when Carolyn begged me to go hear Kenneth Copeland for the first time, and I didn't want to go. I didn't like being in church because if I got under conviction, then I knew I'd have to preach. And I knew I wouldn't be under conviction at the paint and body shop, okay? But in church, oh, I got uncomfortable in church. Sometimes I just walk out, you know, and, and if it got to be, and I didn't know anything about the anointing, but if it got to where it was hitting me, I'd duck behind the, the chair in front of me, you know, so it wouldn't hit me and get the guy behind me, you know. And uh, uh, so Kenneth Copeland introduced me to the ministry of Kenneth Hagin. And I, I think it's really unique how that, when she begged me to go hear Kenneth Copeland that first night, I remembered Kenneth Copeland as a rock and roll singer before he went into the ministry. I wasn't sure it was the same man, but I knew that there was a man named Kenneth Copeland who had a hit record on the radio back in 1957 that was called The Pledge of Love. And I said, well, I know who that is. She said, how would you know Kenneth Copeland? You don't go to church. I said, well, there was a Kenneth Copeland back in 1957, had a hit record called The Pledge of Love. I even sung the, the Lions to her. I remembered all those songs back then. And I started singing it to her. She said, it's not the same man. I said, well, how do you know? If you ask him, she said, I've never talked to the man. I've never met the man. I just know it's not the same man. Well, in the service that night, 15 minutes into his service, he just stopped and said, I don't know why I'm saying this. It has absolutely nothing to do with my sermon but I guess somebody in here needs to hear this. Back in 1957, I had a hit record on the radio called The Pledge of Love. I was headed for rock and roll stardom. 
God used that to get my attention because I wasn't paying any attention to him the first 15 minutes. I was ready to leave. And I told Carolyn before we went to the service, the moment I don't like him, I'm going to get up and leave and you get home the best way you can. That's exactly what I told her. And she said, okay, if that's what it takes to get you there. And so I was, I was prepared not to like him. And I was going to get up and leave in the next few moments. But God knew that. Isn't God smart? And so Kenneth Copeland just stops right in the middle of his sermon and says, I had this hit record in 57. And that's what got my attention. It wasn't the preaching that got my attention. It was him making that remark. And now I'm right out on the edge of my chair listening to everything he said. And that night when I went home, I didn't go forward in the service, but when I got home, I couldn't sleep. I got up in the middle of the night, walked in the living room, three o'clock in the morning, lifted my hands. I said, God, I don't know why you still want me. I've been running from you all my life, but if you do, here I am. And I was gloriously saved immediately baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoke in other tongues for three hours before I could quit. And it was just a, just a special presence of God that came in that living room. And then I told Carolyn, I'm through running, told her about the experience I had. I said, I'm getting out of the automotive business. I'm going into the ministry. Well, Kenneth, Huggin, Kenneth Copeland, rather, it's the first one I'd ever heard talk about the word of faith. So he became a mentor, even though I didn't know him. You can be mentored by people that you don't even know, you know? And so back then it was reel-to-reel -reel tapes. And I got all those reel-to-reel -reel tapes I could get my hands on. Listen to them day and night. I'd shut my business down, uh, use my guest bedroom as my study, and I'd listen to those messages day and night. And, and through listening to them, he kept talking about Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin taught me this. I learned from Kenneth Hagin this. And come to find out that Kenneth Hagin was considered to be the apostle of faith in the 20th century. Uh, a lot of people referred to him as the father of the faith movement. It's not a movement, but that's what a lot of people said in Christian circles. He, he was the father of the faith movement. And uh, so as soon as I had an opportunity, I started going to Kenneth Hagin meetings. And of course, remembering the effect that Oral Roberts had on my life as a young boy, I started getting my hands on everything Oral Roberts taught, the books and, and the messages and so forth. So these three men became my mentors. Now, years later, let's, let's fast forward to 1991. 1969, was the year I surrendered my life to the Lord. So now it's 1991, okay? And uh, I'm in this meeting in Fort Worth, Believer's Convention, and, and Brother Copeland says, uh, God's called you into the office of the seer. And then he ex expounded upon that. And then shortly after that, I was in Riverside, California, in Kenneth Hagin's meeting, and Brother Hagin called me up and spoke to me basically the same words, just a little bit different wording. And he said, and it's time for you to move into this and move out with it. And then shortly after that, Oral Roberts came to the Believers Convention in Anaheim, California, and said to me after the service, as soon as I get home, I'm going to write you a letter 
and tell you what I heard and what I saw while you preached tonight. So when I got back home, I received a handwritten four-page letter from Oral Roberts describing the ministry that he believed God had called me into. So all three of my mentors saw it at the same time within a couple of months of each other. And from that moment, I began to pursue uh, that anointing and to flow in that office of ministry. Now, I'm real hesitant. I'm just the kind of person, I'm real hesitant to go around and call myself a prophet. Okay? Because there's so many self-appointed prophets. I've heard some squirrely things. In 50 years, you can hear a lot of squirrely things. <clears throat> Am I right, Pastor? <clears throat> you know, people who want to be a prophet, and I like to say they're nothing but a loss, you know, but, you know, prophet and loss. Um, just a little humor there, not much, but a little bit. You'll wake up tonight saying, hey, that was funny. I'll start, I'll start laughing now. But uh, I'm a little hesitant to go around and, you know, just call myself a prophet. Even though I know that that office of ministry is an office that I function in. That's one of the reasons why the Lord gives me a prophetic word every year that I am to emphasize everywhere I go and just keep building on it until the Lord says differently. And so some of you have been here long enough where you've heard me give a prophetic word each and every year that God wants us to emphasize. Sometimes it goes on into the next year, but a lot of times it, 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 it changes. And, uh, and, and I, I never know when it's coming other than I do set aside some time during the month of October to specifically get before the Lord and to see what he has on his agenda for the coming new year. And usually it's happened during that time, either the first week or so of October, but sometimes it's happened while I'm flying somewhere. Sometimes it happens when, I, when I'm in my hotel room in preparation for a service somewhere. And, uh, but nevertheless, I'm not the one who dictates when it comes, okay? And I don't sit around just trying to come up with something clever. Yes, amen. I don't, I, I have more respect for the Lord and respect for the respect that I have as a minister all over the world. And I'm not gonna just come up with something just because everybody else does. And boy, that seems to be something that's taking place right now. I've heard people all of a sudden have a word from the Lord who's never had a word from the Lord in their lives coming up with the prophetic word. I was watching on YouTube while I was walking down the beach this past week. All these prophetic words, all these prophetic words. And I'm not saying they're not all accurate, but some of them aren't. Don't just listen to any voice. Make sure it's a proven voice. Amen. I don't just open myself up to anybody. Yes. Yeah. Am I making sense to you? Yes, sir. Make sure it's a proven voice. If Kenneth Hagin stood up and said, thus saith the Lord, 
as Brother Copeland used to say, these catchers on the side of my head, <laughs> you know, I, I listen very closely to what the man's about to say. Okay? And uh, if Kenneth Copeland stands up and says, thus saith the Lord, this is what the Lord showed me about the coming new year. These catchers, <laughs> they, they listen very closely. And then I take what I just heard and run with it. Yes, sir. Why? Because I want it to come to pass in my life. Amen. Amen. I've heard people say, well, Brother Jerry, I heard this prophet uh, tell, talk about doom and gloom is coming. And then this other prophet, he talked about, you know, good times are coming and great things are in store. Which one's right? Well, they both could be right. Just depends on what camp you're in. Yeah. Amen. Come on. I'm not in that doom and gloom camp. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I believe the closer we get to the appearing of the Lord, oh, God's got some great things in store for those who follow him and those who won't compromise and those who won't turn back and those who won't live backslidden Christian lives and those who won't straddle the fence. God's got some good things in our future. Hallelujah. 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 And you say amen. amen. Praise God. So with all that in mind, I was, I was uh, as I normally do, when I go on vacation in Hawaii, I have a, I have a path <laughs> that I have walked all these years, every morning. I get up between 5.30 and 6 o'clock before Carolyn even wakes and I'm out the door no later than 6 o'clock and I'm walked that path and it's a, pretty good, it's a pretty good distance and I pray in the spirit and I just listen to the Lord and I take a, a little notebook with me and I write down the things that he says and while I was walking this year starting on December the 27th, as we got there on the 26th, on December the 27th, I began my routine walk. And I was impressed to the Lord to listen to several messages from Kenneth Hagin from years back, but especially one about the gifts of the Spirit concerning the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. And I listened to it every morning. I'd, I'd walk that path, then I'd walk back. And by the time I got back, I'd already listened to it. And then I'd start it all over again the next day. And I did that for several days. And when I'd get back to the room, then Carolyn would be up and ready and we'd go for breakfast and so forth. But uh, I, was, I was inspired again by these messages by Kenneth Hagin. Now, once again, let me, let me just say something about Kenneth Hagin uh, in case there are those of you in here that are not real familiar with his ministry. Once again, he was referred to as the founder or the, uh, the, uh, the apostle of the Word of Faith movement in the 20th century. Mark 11, 23 and 24 were the scriptures that he spoke about most frequently. Uh, it's hardly a sermon that you heard Kenneth Hagin preach that Mark 11, 23 and 24 were not mentioned. He was 86 years old when he went home to be with the Lord. 
On September the 19th, 2003, I was, I was uh, in Texacana preaching when I heard about it. In fact, somebody walked up to the platform and whispered in my ear, Brother Hagan just went home to be with the Lord. Well, as soon as I got out of that service, I flew straight to Tulsa to be with the family. And, uh, and I was there at his home going and so forth because over the years I had... Uh, developed a relationship with Brother Hagen. I preached with him many times and I, I thought highly of him, respected him and he was one of my mentors as I said. Brother Hagen used to say quite often based on Psalm 91, he said, the Lord promised us that with long life he will satisfy us. Brother Hagen would say frequently, if you ever hear I'm gone, it's because I got satisfied. Amen. Well, when somebody came up and whispered in my ear, Brother Hagin just went home to be with the Lord, I smiled, even though I knew I was going to miss him greatly. I smiled because I couldn't help but remember what he always said. I got satisfied. That's the way to go home, isn't it? Amen. When you're satisfied. Amen. Praise God. In fact, as I was told, he was sitting at the table with his wife and just kind of closed his eyes and slumped his head and checked out. Hallelujah. That's a great way to go, isn't it? Amen. He uh, functioned primarily in the offices of the teacher and the prophet and was well known for his accuracy in hearing from the Holy Spirit. He laid hands on me and Carolyn numerous times over the years, but once again in 1991 in Riverside, California, was a very specific time when he called me up to the front and said, Brother Jerry, God's moving you into a new dimension of ministry. And he talked about it was time that I began to, to pursue it, and go wholeheartedly into it and don't turn back. He said, move into it and move out with it and move on up. And uh, later after that service, I asked him, I said, Brother Hagan, do you, or can you tell me specifically what you were talking about? He said, yes. He said, uh, it's the spirit of seeing and knowing. It's the spirit of seeing and knowing. He said, you'll know things in the spirit. You'll see things in the spirit. And then God wants you to tell what you see to the body of Christ everywhere he sends you. Are you ready for what God's about to do? Would you like to discover the biblical keys for knowing God's plan for you and your family? In today's special offer, you'll receive Jerry Savelle's new three-part audio teaching, The Spirit of Seeing and Knowing, and his faith-filled book, Receive God's Best. The principles revealed in this special package will equip and position you to be ready for what is coming. God doesn't want you in the dark. He desires to show you what He's about to do. Without revelation knowledge, God's people perish and miss out on His blessing. Now's the time to get in tune with God and live with confidence and faith for His plan. Don't delay any longer. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Seeing and Knowing special package. Your best days are ahead. Discover today how God reveals His plan so you can respond in faith and walk in His goodness and purpose. 
Now, if you enjoyed the teaching today on the broadcast, I want to encourage you to join me again next week because we're going to continue this study and I want you to uh, become very familiar with the spirit of seeing and knowing. You know, God wants us in the know. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 42 and Isaiah chapter 43, God says, Behold, I do a new thing. Will you not know it? In other words, He wants us to be in the know. I like to say He wants us to be in the know, so we'll be in the flow. God wants to reveal to us what's on His agenda. He wants to, uh, us to know uh, what is on His plans for the future. And this is part of the spirit of seeing and knowing, which is under the category of the gifts of the Spirit, particularly the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of knowledge. So this is not just for a minister. It's for everybody in the body of Christ. God wants you to be in the know. You know, uh, yeah, I'm grateful that people come to hear what I have to say, and I'm grateful that people have to come hear what other great men of God have to say, but you don't have to wait until you hear it from some special preacher. You can learn to hear the voice of the Spirit of God yourself. The Bible says from the teachings of Jesus himself that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will not only lead and guide you into all truth, he will show you things to come. I don't know about you, but I like being in the know. I like knowing ahead of time what God has on his agenda. And he told me coming into 2000 or 2020, rather, he said, this is going to be a year of supernatural increase beyond anything you've ever experienced before. And I want to encourage you to start believing God for that. I want you to get that down into your spirit. No matter what's happening in your life right now, no matter if you've never experienced supernatural increase before, praise God, if you are a believer and you love God with all your heart, then you're a candidate for this to take place in your life this year. So begin to get up every day and say, in the name of Jesus, this is my year for supernatural increase beyond anything I've ever seen or experienced before. Now, if you'd like to continue your study on this where we have a three CD series on the same title, The Spirit of Seeing and Knowing. I write along with it, Receiving God's Best. God wants you to experience His best in every area of your life. In this CD series, I had a lot of time to just go line upon line, precept upon precept of how that you can become familiar uh, and, and be used by the Spirit of God in the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of knowledge, and particularly for your own benefit. Yeah, it's, it's great being able to minister to other people, but at the same time, God wants you to have insight into what He has planned for your life in the future. So I encourage you to order this special series. Don't delay. Go online, jerrysavelle.org, and all the ordering information is on the screen right there in front of you, or once again, it'll be on our website. I want to thank all of our partners once again. Partners, you are such a blessing to us. We love you and appreciate you. You help us do all that we do. God has allowed this ministry to go around the world. We're touching lives all over the world, and our partners are helping us accomplish this. So I pray for you, I appreciate you, and I love you. Praise God. Listen, once again, join me, and we're going to continue this study on the Spirit of seeing and knowing. You don't want to miss this second part. It's going to be exciting. And I pray in Jesus' name, as we close the broadcast today, 
that you're going to rise up in your faith and do what the Bible says you should be doing. Your faith should be overcoming the world. Amen. I'll see you next week.